All right. Well, good morning, New Life Church. Everybody good? All right. I know you're going to be louder than that at like 5.30 when the Super Bowl comes on. I know you got more life in you than that, right? Don't let, don't let me, you know, shame you on that. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to. <laughs> no shame in the game, right? Awesome. Well, hey, it's good to see you guys this morning. Really good to see you. I'm glad you're here this morning as a part of our worship gathering. So thankful for God's presence, aren't you? It's His presence. It's His presence literally changes everything about our life. And um, man, such good time of praise and worship. Thank you to Jake and the entire team. I tell you, you guys are amazing. Very good job. Very good job. Well, listen, let me invite you to open up your word to. Romans, the book of Romans, New Testament, the book of Romans, chapter 12 is where we're going to draw our attention to today. Romans chapter 12. Great Sunday last week as we had our special service, Heart for the House, and very good fellowship after church. Thank you all to everyone who contributed the food uh, and everything. You guys really outdid yourself, and it was very, very good. Very good food, great fellowship. It was very warm, hospitable, and uh, so it's good to have a church that's hospitable. Amen. Aren't you glad? So that we're not a bunch of stuck-up people. So uh, that wouldn't be a fun church to be around, would it? So not that I'm saying there's any out there, okay? So uh, all right. Awesome. Everybody at Romans 12, it's going to be on the screen too, in case you don't have your Bible to look at. Let's look, let's read this today. Romans 12, verse 1, we're going to read verses 1 through 8. I'll be reading from New Living Translation. This is the Apostle Paul, and he writes this. He says, and so, dear brothers and sisters, everybody say, that's me. He says, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn how to then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Because of the privilege and authority God has given me, I give each of you this warning. Don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation of yourselves, measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us. Just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. We are many parts of the body, of one body, and we all belong to each other. Verse 6. In His grace, God has given us different gifts. Everyone say gifts. For doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others... Serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, well, be encouraging. 
If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have the gift for showing kindness or mercy to others, then do it gladly. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for this opportunity, this gathering together of your people to be together as one in your church in your presence we recognize and acknowledge you're here thank you for that thank you for drawing our hearts closer to you already this morning and I thank you for your word that is life giving life changing it's life altering in many ways and you knew exactly what you were doing when you inspired these men to write under the unction of your spirit. And how over the ages of time, what you had them write is still so relevant to our life today. And it will never grow old to where it is not needed. So today, help us to understand we need your word. Speak to us today. Open our eyes, Holy Spirit. This is not just a form of religion that we're here today to sit in a chair and punch our religious time clock and say we did our duty. But today, Holy Spirit, truly bring life to our lives by your transforming word. Ignite a passion within us and help to keep us on the path of righteousness, I pray, in the name of Jesus. And everybody say amen. Amen. Who's excited about the Word of God? Amen. It, I am. I'm ready to talk to you today about a special message that is titled Gifts. It's actually a series we're going to be doing the next couple of weeks, maybe three or four. Not quite sure yet, but I know today and next week, and we'll venture on from there. But we're going to be talking about gifts. There's really three types of gifts that, that are talked about in the, in the scriptures. There's what's called ministry gifts in um, Ephesians 4. The apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, the ministry gifts, what also is called the fivefold gifts, ministry gifts. Then there's also what's called manifestation gifts, or as we also call spiritual gifts. Those are found in 1 Corinthians 12, expounded on and chapter 14 as well. And then there's what we just read here today, what's called motivational gifts. Motivational gifts. These are the gifts that are, that, this, that actually, that's who we are. It's how we're wired. It's how God created us. It's how he wired us, okay? It's how you're made. These are motivational gifts. It's what motivates you towards your calling in life and what God has for you and how he envisions using our life for his glory and look at this verse here on the screen it's ecclesiastes i've taken it out of the amplified version to make it louder to us today okay it says this in verse one it says to everything there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven can you say purpose he is also planted in our hearts a divinely implanted sense 
of purpose. So we see here, God has created us on purpose, and He created us with a purpose. Say purpose again. So He created us on purpose, and He created us with a purpose. And we know by reading Genesis, the very first book of the Bible, Genesis 1, 2, and 3, we can gather from that that God created us with a purpose, and that purpose is, one, to be, to be in fellowship with Him, and secondly, to be faithful in what he has called us to. You read Genesis 1, 2, and 3. Talk about creation and God making us, putting us in the garden to work, to tend it, and all those things. He created us on purpose, with a purpose, to be in fellowship with him, to know him, but to also be faithful in what he has called us to do in our lifetime. Tucked away in the prophet Jeremiah's book, chapter 46, you see this verse on the screen. It's about a Pharaoh. It said, Pharaoh, king of Egypt, he is destroyed and he is only a noise. For he has let the appointed time pass by. Say appointed time. He has let, he let his appointed time pass passed by, or as we could also say, he missed his moment. He missed his opportunity. He did not fulfill his purpose. Now, here's the thing about this Pharaoh. His, his name was Pharaoh Hophra was his name, and he was the fourth king of the 26th dynasty of Egypt. He, had, he was a political and a religious leader. He had, he had power, and he had potential, basically, to do great things as a leader good or bad. But it was said of him, Jeremiah, the Lord had him write this and say that he missed his moment. Missed his opportunity. Did not fulfill his purpose. A few years ago, there were these two um, psychologists. They did a social psychological experiment. And here's what they discovered. So they discovered that as people we tend to regret our mistakes, what we did, and wish we wouldn't have, by 53 to 47%, meaning on average, half of our mistakes we regret that we ever made. Something we did that we wish we would not have done, but they also discovered this, that we regret what we didn't do, but wish we should have, by 84% to 16%. Meaning our long-lasting regrets are those that we wish we would have done, but we did not do. Anybody ever been there? It's a safe place to admit not only that I make mistakes, but we missed opportunity. You get down the road and you look back and you're like, man, I wished I would have done that. Or we say, oh, if I could go back... I sure wouldn't do that again, <laughs> right? We got a little life under us. We got a little experiment, experience under us. We got a little history under our belt. And, but that's, that's what they found out that on average as people, we tend to have the longer lasting regrets about the things we never did but wished we would have. In other words, missing our opportunities, missing our moment, not fulfilling a purpose causes us to regret more than actually making a mistake. Because at least if you make the mistake, you at least tried, right? Whether it was good or bad. 
You know, God gives us all gifts, but our gift back to God is making the most of those gifts. Say, I have a gift. Every single one of you have a gift. I don't care if you're 10, 12, 25, 35, 95. Every single one of us have a gift. In fact, we have several gifts that, we, that, that are in us. God has given us a, a plethora of gifts to use and utilize. But there are some stronger gifts that stand out. And our gift back to God is how we use those gifts. You know... Several things can cause us to miss our moment, to miss our opportunity, to not fulfill our purpose. And one of the big things, I believe, that, that contributes to us missing our opportunities and not fulfilling our purpose is not knowing our gifts. Not knowing how God has made us, what He has put on the inside of us. You see, because we understand from Scripture from the context of God is that He created us on purpose and with a purpose. And with that, it's to be in fellowship with Him and to be faithful to what He has called us to that we oftentimes just think that just because we're here that it's supposed to just happen. And we don't take advantage of understanding how we're made why God put certain things in us, and he put these gifts in us because it is a, it's directly attached and tied to the purpose for which we're here on this earth. Now, we all have the common purpose of being in fellowship with God and being faithful to what he calls us to, but then the deeper dive is finding out why we're really here. What is that purpose for which he has called us to? And our gifts help explain that. Our gifts help us to understand that. Look at this statement on the screen. It says, knowing our gifts leads to walking in our calling and fulfilling our purpose under heaven. When you know what you're made of and you know what God has put on the inside of you, then you're not going to be satisfied unless you're doing and using your gifts for which God has put on you and in you. I don't want the people that I pastor over the course of my time, which is you and many others, to miss their moment, to miss your purpose. One of the greatest and saddest things is seeing someone die but never really live for the glory of God, never truly fulfilling their purpose, their calling for which God has them on this earth. There's no greater joy and there's no greater satisfaction and fulfillment than actually doing what God calls you to do. In spite of roadblocks, in spite of setbacks, in spite of difficult times and seasons in life, it does not remove the fact that at the end of the day, when you're in your calling and you're walking in your purpose and you're using the gifts God has blessed you with, that it doesn't seem to matter what you go through because you know you're doing it all for the glory of God. You're in fellowship with Him and you're being faithful to what He's called you to do. And I don't want anybody that I pastor over the course of my time to miss their moment, to miss their purpose. I want all of us, I want people in our church, I want you to know your gifts, and I want you to grow in your gifts. I want you to know them, and I want you to grow in them. 
You see, when we talk to you about serving and volunteering and doing different things like that in the church, it's so much bigger than, than filling a spot. It's not about filling a gap. It's not about filling a place. <clears throat> it's not about just occupying a, a, a position in a church to do something. It's so much greater than that, so much bigger than that, because as your leaders, we understand that it's about your purpose, that it's about your calling. It's about what God dreams of in using your life for His kingdom, for His glory. It's not about being well-known. It's not about being famous. It's not about having a lot of power and prestige. It's simply about being faithful where God has placed you. And so when we talk to you about serving and, and volunteering and, and, and doing different things like that, it's so much bigger than occupying a spot. When we, try to re when we recruit you to serve on a setup team on a Sunday or serve on the, on the teardown team on a Sunday or serve in our New Life Kids ministry or serve in any other capacity that, that's on, these diff on, this, on this volunteer card, it's so much greater than your, get, us getting your name to put you down and check a box and say, praise God we filled a spot. That's not what it's about. It's about us helping you begin to walk in your strength and in your gifts and thus on your way to fulfill in God's calling and God's purpose for your life. Anybody with me this morning? I promise you we're going to get out of here in plenty enough time for you to get your stuff ready for your Super Bowl party, okay, if you're worried about that. Because I'm hosting one too. I got a few folks coming over, and so there's things we got to get done too. I'm just like you, all right? So I know, but you're like, yeah, but you're the one with the microphone. You better shut it if we're going to get out of here. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. So let's look at this in Romans 12. Need to know our gifts. I need to know my gift. More than one of us. I need to know my gift. And say this, I need to grow my gift. All right. Now, before he gets to gifts, Paul here lays some groundwork, lays the foundation, and he and he talks about two very important things that help prepare us to begin to actually be in a position to really know and grow in our gifts. And that, those first two things are this, is first two verses, and that is one, he says, I, I, I urge you, give your bodies to the service of God. In other words, surrender your lives to live for the Lord. Give your bodies to the service of God, because that is your true way that you worship God, is in how you live your life. So, surrender your lives to live for Him. And then the second thing he says is, let God transform your life by changing the way you think. So our life gets changed, it's directly tied and linked to the way we think. God must change, if we want God to change our life, then He's got to change the way we think think. He used the word transform there. And the Greek word for transform is the word metamorpho, where we get our word metamorphosis, which means to change completely into another state. That is the intention of God when we surrender our lives, when we give Him our bodies to His service, to live for Him, to surrender to live for Him, His intention is to change us into a completely different person from the inside out. But religion has taught us to change from the outside 
in, right? Because we put the facade on, we put the masquerade on, we, we give everybody the impression that if I got it going on out here, then I must have it going on on the inside. And you, and you know, God does not work that way. He changes us from the inside out. He transforms us. He metamorphoses us. He changes us completely. But then, the way that happens is by changing the way we think. Because our thoughts lead to ideas. Ideas lead to beliefs. Beliefs lead to values. Values lead to actions. Actions lead to habits, and habits lead to a lifestyle. And once you form some habits, those are hard to break, right? And get an amen there. We, got, we all have some good habits, and we all have some bad habits, and we wish most of the time we could get rid of those bad habits, but it's not easy getting rid of those bad habits, is it? Because once you form a habit, man, it started all the way back at a thought. And that thought created a habit, and that habit formed a lifestyle. But that's why, it, it, that's why if we want our lives to truly change, then it, it starts, not obviously there's a heart connection and a heart issue with God, but our minds have to be changed. So the way we think, the way we look out on life, the way we perceive people, places, and things... It has to change on the inside of us. And he says then once you, let, once you surrender your life to God to live for him and you allow him to begin to change your thinking, which happens to come from the word of God, God's word is what will revolutionize and transform your life, change your thinking. Then he says it will lead to you being able to know what God's will, what God's purpose. There's that word. Say purpose what God's purpose is for you. So you don't jump into this God thing just suddenly all knowing what your purpose is. You jump into this God thing, first of all, God, I surrender. My will, my ego, my pride, my plan, my agenda, right? My lifestyle. I recognize you are the one true God changed me and he starts to change our thinking by the word of God and then what happens you begin to learn and know what God's purpose is and he describes it his purpose for your life is good and it's what it's good it's pleasing and it's perfect now if we didn't know any better it would sound like that's just a bed of roses that has no thorns but we know better than that. At least we should know better than that. And if we don't know better than that, we better get on the train and understand that life is not fair. If anybody ever promised you a life that's fair, they promised you a fairy tale that'll never have a good ending. It's all written in here. It's never fair. But there is a faithful one through whatever there is. His name is Jesus. Okay? And so God's will, God's purpose for your life is good, it's pleasing, it's perfect. And the way we begin to know that, surrender our lives, meaning, hey God, I'm going to serve you. Whatever it is, however you want me to live, whatever you want me to do, I will serve you. Okay, awesome, I've got you. Now I need to get working on your, on your thinking. You've got to change your thinking because your thinking's attached to your habits and your habits lead to your lifestyle. And all your lifestyle is not all that good. 
There's some bad stuff in there. There's some, there's some jacked up philosophies that people down in the past taught you and raised you, and it just isn't the way I want you to live. It's not the way that leads to life. And so there's some changes that has to be made, right? And so over the course of our journey, it's called sanctification, we go through this process from the time we accept Christ until we're buried or if we're still alive when he comes back for the second coming and someday soon, then we're going to be on this process, this just train of sanctification. It ain't ever going to end. Not one of us is never going to stop growing and changing in God if we want to serve God and fulfill our purpose. Now, there's a whole lot of theological stuff in there. Basically, it ties down to our purpose. Be faithful to Him and what He's called us to and be in fellowship with Him. But the way that comes about is by letting God begin to change us. So the groundwork, the framework, the foundation to be ever beginning to understand who we are and how we're made, having these gifts in us, we first of all got to make sure we got a solid relationship with Christ. Because if not, we'll go live our life and our gift will be tainted and polluted by the world's ways. And then we'll never be able to actually be faithful to God with what he's called us to because we're trying to do our gift through the world system which causes a pollution to the holiness of God. But if we'll surrender our life, our bodies to God and serve Him, then that gift becomes purified, and then it becomes purified, which allows us to glorify and honor the living God with how we live our life and what He's called us to do, right? Amen? Get a few understandings out of that. So you've got to understand, surrender your life to Jesus. And then he says this, verse 3, 4, and 5, and he talks about this. He talks about knowing your gift. He says, listen, don't think more of yourself than you should. Sometimes we're all guilty of that. I get that. But we gotta, he says, you just can't do that. You've got to work on that. Don't think more of yourself than you should. He says, be honest in your evaluation of yourself. So that must mean we're going to do some self evaluation. We're going to look internally into who we are, what's going on, an inventory of what's been established and what we're holding in the warehouse of our souls. So he says, be honest in your evaluation of yourself. In other words, know what you're made of. Know your strengths and your weaknesses. In other words, know the type of gifts God has put inside of you. Know the different types of gifts that he's put inside of you. But then he goes on and he says in verse 5 that he has placed us in something bigger than ourselves. So not only are we supposed to have knowledge of what God has put in our own body, but we're also supposed to understand that God has put us in a body, which helps us to understand that what the way God works is that he calls us to be a part of something bigger than me, myself, and I. I don't know about you, but I sure would hate to live my whole life living for me, myself, and I. Because in those short moments of my flesh throughout different periods of time, when I try to live for me, myself, and I, it sure leaves me feeling empty. And so you recognize your gift is not just, a, is not just in you, but then your gift belongs for other people. God intends to use your gift on the inside of your body to in help somebody else. There's a reason here. 
we're, going, we're getting to this spot to understand that if you ever want to fulfill your purpose, we're created on purpose, created with a purpose, and that is to be in fellowship with God and be faithful to what He calls us to, and then understanding what has He called us to individually as His calling and purpose for our life. You're an individual. Not, nobody's taken away your individuality and your own imaginative creativity and who you are and how you're designed. No, all that's going to blossom and grow and come alive as you begin to see your life must first be hidden in Christ, rooted in Christ. And as so, He's going to show you what you're made of. And when He shows you what you're made of and you begin to know what gifts you have in you, and He also opens your eyes to realize, hey, you also belong to something bigger than yourself. It's called the body of Christ. It's called the church. Say, I belong to each other. I belong to each other. I know it doesn't make sense grammatically. I belong to each other, but I know. Belong to each other. Not everybody said that. It says, we all belong to each other. Say, I belong to each other. I'm, I promise you, I'm not leading you down some crazy Drink the Kool-Aid, Waco, Texas place, all right? He just starts to say, evaluate yourself. Know what you got going on on the inside of you. Listen to this. The key that unlocks the door to us walking in our calling and fulfilling our purpose is knowing how God made us and that we belong to something bigger than ourself. If you want the door of your calling and your purpose to be opened, the key that unlocks that door is knowing the gifts God has put in you and that you belong to something bigger than you. Because that should keep us humble and that should keep us hungry to go after God with everything that's in us. When we realize that this God who created the universe took time and made us and put gifts inside of us. And he places us inside of a larger group called the body of Christ. It begins to unlock the door to our calling and our purpose for which he has us here for. Because it's greater than you. It's bigger than you. The reason that you exist is not just for you. It's tied to other things. And the sooner we get that in our life, that we don't live on this planet for self-pleasing, but we live on this planet for God-pleasing, God-honoring, then God has a way of bringing contentment and fulfillment in our life when we start to walk in our gifts which leads to us walking in our calling and our purpose. I dare say there's folks here today, you're truly not walking in your calling and your purpose because you're not truly using the gifts God has put in you for the reason that God has you here for. That's not condemnation. I'm just telling you that God wants to open our eyes to see the bigger picture of what he has for our life. So when we understand that, it should keep us hum humble and it keep us hungry. I like what the Apostle Paul said. He said this late down the road of life and ministry, looking back over his shoulder to the young Timothy, a pastor, and he told him in 2 Timothy 1.6, he said, Timothy, I'm reminding you to stir up the gift of God. Everyone say gift. Stir up the gift of God that's on the inside of you. Other translations go deeper and they say, fan into flame that gift that's on the inside of you. In other words, stir the embers up, fan the embers up to such a degree that the fire, the inner fire, does not burn out. 
I want to tell you this morning, don't let the fire burn out that God has placed on the inside of you. That's part of my, re- my responsibility to you is to tell you to fan into flame, to stir up the gift, to cause those embers of fire burning in you, the gift of God in you, to burn. To burn bright, to burn hot, because the gift of God in you leads you to your calling and your purpose, which in fact affects other people for the kingdom and the glory of God. You see, when you aren't active in your calling and your purpose using your gifts, then there are people that God has created to be in your circle and your sphere and your path of influence and contact somewhere, some way throughout your life that will miss it. And you stand before the judge one day and he's going to ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? Well, I was kind of waiting until I got older, till maybe I retired. You know, to when my kids graduated college and I could pay that bill off and I, oh, then they get married and I could pay that off. And, you know, when I got a little more free time on my hands. Or the other scenario, well, I'm just going to, I'm just kind of sowing my wild oats. I'm trying to get this out of my, my system. I'm just trying to get this junk out of me. And one of these days, oh God, I'm going to settle down. But it's too late when you're already standing before him and he's asking you and he's got this screen that shows you your life. He does it some way. I don't know exactly how he does it, but he's going to show us our life and he's going to say, what did you do with what I gave you? Bigger than IMAX. And it probably won't just be three-dimensional. It'll be like six-dimensional, however that works. That's not to scare us, that's just to say, hey, life goes by hard and life goes by fast. And I don't want to be like that king, Hophra, of Pharaoh, who missed his moment. I don't want somebody somewhere standing over my grave, poor Jeremy Smith. Man, it's a shame he's dead because he just let his opportunity pass him by. He had so much potential. He had so much inside of him. He had so much incredible things that God wanted to do with his life. And now look, he's dead. And he missed his moment. He missed his opportunity. He did not fulfill his purpose. I've had the joy of serving God going on 25 years. This summer will be 25 years. And I want to commit the next 25 years of my life Fanning into flame the purpose of God inside of people. I want to tell you, don't let the fire go out. Don't let money blind you to the divine calling in your life. Don't let fame corrupt you from fulfilling your divine purpose in God. Don't let unfair advantages and setbacks define you to keep you from fulfilling your divine calling and purpose in God. Oh, and don't you dare let excuses keep you from fulfilling God's purpose in your life.
We, you, me, have the responsibility to keep the gift of God in us burning, alive, living, active, breathing, in operation, because it is the key that unlocks the door to our purpose on this earth. God has you on the planet on purpose, not by accident, not just because. And He has the days of our life scripted out and what He has envisioned and planned for us to do that will bring Him honor and glory and welcome us into His presence to where He can say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. So don't let the fire go out. How do you not let the fire go out? You know the gift, and you grow in your gift. In other words, you don't let the fire go out when you use your gifts for God. What are your gifts? Well, they're right here, verse 6, 7, and 8. They're going to be on the screen. I just want to quickly run through them and tell you a little bit about each one. Because if you don't really understand what these are, then you're probably not going to give much thought to anything I'm having to say right now and how this affects your life. But he said, if, if your gift is prophecy, then prophesy. What does that mean? This means if you have a main gift... The, the motivational gift, I'm not talking about the spiritual gift of 1 Corinthians 12. That's the Holy Spirit produced and induced in a life. I'm talking about the motivational side of gift. Look at what it says. It says, you tend to be more discerning and sensitive to things. As I read through these, you're gonna, some of you are going to be like, oh, that's why I am the way I am. <laughs> that explains a lot. You tend to be outspoken. You tend to get upset when people break the rules and get away with it. That's my number three gift out of the seven. That's number three for me. Serving. You tend to be more practical, observant, and detailed. You love to work with your hands and help others, and it's hard for you to say no when you're asked to help. I know a few of you in here that that's like your number one gift. If I could, you know, paint a picture, I could, I could call some of you out with that. It's awesome. Now, keep in mind, as we talk about these, and, we, and you're, you're going to have a chance to respond to these here in a minute. I'm not calling you out or nothing, so don't freak out and be like, it's time for me to roll. That you understand that you're going to have a top one, you're going to have a top two, three, or four, and the others are going to kind of be real close together. That doesn't give you the excuse when you're asked to serve that you're like, hey, my gift, bro, it's number seven. Because last time I checked, Jesus still expected his people to serve people, right? So we never get out of that. That's, that's who we are. Teaching. Does it mean you are, you're going to be a teacher? It could be. It might lend to that. But it says you tend to be more logical, systematic, and factual. You find great joy in learning and teaching others to learn, and you love explaining the whole story like I'm doing today. That's my number one motivational gift. 
You ever talk to somebody and you're like, just give me the top two things. I don't need the whole scenario, man. Yeah, I, I tend to explain the whole story. My wife's like, yeah, I don't need to know all that. Just tell me that and we're good. The fourth one, if your gift is exhortation, you tend to be more edifying, positive, and expectant. You like to tell people, good job. You get along well with family and friends. Let's look at the next last three. Giving, that's a motivational gift. If it's strong on your list, strong in you, you tend to be more generous. And it's not just money, it's in anything. You tend to be more generous, hospitable, and you're resourceful. Giving to others makes you joyful, and you like to quickly help when you see a need. Anybody learn anything so far? Two people, praise God. Awesome. How to kill a church in one sermon. I just did it. Leadership. <laughs> but apparently I'm lacking in that one today. It's number two on my list. I better, re I better recheck myself. So, tend to, you tend to be more thorough, organized, and responsible. You thrive on competition and being first or being best. And you love leading and organizing when you're in a group. That's number, number two for me. And I'll tell you how I'm, how are you numbering these? Are you just picking something? No, I'll tell you how in a second. And then lastly, mercy. Mercy, if this is strong gift in you, you tend to be more emotional, personal, and joyful. But you also get sad and angry when bad things happen to people. You want, you cry out for justice. You enjoy peace, but you also try to avoid conflict. So those are just some real brief, brief descriptions about those seven motivational gifts. And if you'd like a copy of my notes, they're $19.99, and I'll give you these notes, and it's got all these descriptions, and a devil is a lie because I'm joking with you, okay? So... What does this have to do with the big, big game of life, the big, the big picture of what's all this about? If you, look, if you hear me today and all you hear me do is about gifts, you completely missed it, or I just completely botched this whole message for you. This whole thing is not about gifts. This whole thing... It's about your calling. It's about your purpose. But you've got to know your gifts, your strengths, if you're going to unlock the door to your calling and if you're going to be faithful in the purpose for which God has you on this planet for. When I first began to read about this 20-something years ago and start to sit in messages and teachings and s small groups about this sort of stuff, it began to open my eyes up. Wow, this is why I'm here. This is why God has made me. And when you understand that, you stop apologizing for why you are the way you are. I'm not talking about 
your bad hiccups and hang-ups and ugliness, okay? That's you and the Holy Spirit. You've got to work that out. Not that we can't do you, be that. I'm talking about your gifts. And I began to read and sit in and talk about this sort of stuff, and it began to quickly, quickly set my feet on the path to my calling and what God had me here on this earth for. That I did, began to not hesitate and live in reserve mode for the next 20 years. Why am I here? No, when I began to realize the gifts in my life and why God put them in there and what they are motivated me as a person, began to realize God has a bigger picture. God has a bigger plan. God has a greater destiny than I could ever fabricate and manufacture on my own. And it began to open up ideas and possibilities and dreams, which led to visions, which led to discussions about life and why I'm here. So it's more than gifts. It's about your purpose. It's about your calling. And I don't want to pastor people and not ever help you understand you're here for a reason. So part of me helping you, equipping you, is helping to put knowledge in your mind, resources in your hands, to help you gain access to who you are and why you're here. You see, when you know your gifts, you will operate out of your strengths, and God's purpose will become clearer for your life. You could have been serving God for 30 years and still not really understand why you're here. My wife was just talking to somebody the other day who's like, I don't know how old, 60-something. I'm not saying that's old. I'm just saying they're all retired already, and they were telling her, I still don't know my place in the kingdom. So that goes back to, to what Paul said, don't think you are better than you really are. Be honest in your evaluation. It's part of my hope and, to, and dream for the church is to see every single person, young and old, walking in their purpose for God. Using the gifts God has put inside of you to be faithful to God and be in fellowship with God and to be on point with what God has for your life. So what can I do? I'm glad you asked. What is that, where does that leave me today? I want to tell you these three things. First, I'm going to give you a survey to take home. And it's not one of those surveys where you, you know, it's, you give it back to us and all that you can. You can let us know. I want to hear back. I'm going to actually talk to you about that. But let's put a, sh a screenshot of that last one on there. I think you got it. Yeah. It's, it's called a spiritual gift survey. I took one of these about 22 or 3 years ago. And I've taken it maybe three times since then. And I look back over it from 20-something years ago, and I was looking at the results and looking at the one I just took a little over a year ago, and the change of where these gifts fall into place, these seven motivational gifts. So I would encourage you, if you've never taken one and you take one now, hopefully you will, 
that take another one in about five to ten years. Because your knowledge in God and your maturity in the Lord and your knowledge of you should grow. Doesn't mean you're just going to be radically different, but some are going to move up. What is maybe two will be but number one. Not always, but can be. I just wanted to let you know that. So I'm, we're going to put this gift survey in your hand. It's actually at the connect table before you leave today. We've got these available for you. One per person. This is not a household thing. This is an individual thing because God made you. God made you. So we're going to put this in your hand. Maybe you've done this before. Just humor your pastor today and take it home. Fill it out anyway. Be a good Christian. Be a good member of this church. Be an honorable, obedient person of the congregation. You never know. Rodney might take you out for dinner just because you filled it out, you know. He just might, he's a giver, you know. That's a gift. He's a big giver. He likes doing that kind of stuff. Strike. You can kill me later, man. But my top three, that's how I found out what my top gifts were, motivational gifts. That doesn't mean I'm boasting. It just means it helps me understand. One was teaching. Two was leadership. Three was prophecy. Four was exhortation. About 20-something years ago, exhortation was number one. But I was, I was real young back then. I mean, I was real young back then. <laughs> but it just goes to show you how some knowledge and things and insight, honest evaluation changes. But here's the thing when you do this survey is this. Go with the first thing in your mind. Don't dwell on a question for five minutes because you're going to go through 20 scenarios and you're going to be like, I don't know what to put down. Put the first thing that comes down. It tells you what to do. It's a number system. And when you're done with all 49 questions, you go on the back page and it tells you what numbers to add up, what questions to add up for each gift, and it'll, it'll have a number, okay? And you'll find out at the end of that test that you'll probably and should have one that's higher than the other. Then you'll have one that's... Others at second, third, and then few that might tie and come real close. You'll kind of level yourself out there. That's the beginning step. Do something like that to begin to understand what motivates you and why it does. Because go I'm going somewhere with this series. And next week you're going to find out the second thing we're going to talk about, about gifts. Because this is just really the beginning of how God wants to use you and use you in our church and use you in your city, use you in this country, use you in this world to be faithful to Him and what He's called you to do. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has entered into the heart of man all that God has planned for you. Just understand, when you think you've got God cornered and figured out, He's got a whole new side to Him where He's like, oh yeah, you think you know me? Here, boom. That's the exciting part of journeying with Jesus. The second thing is this. After you do the survey, fill this volunteer card out. Again, please don't look at this and these, these check boxes to, that you got to check and all that. Don't look at this as like, man, they just want me to do something. No. 
honestly, no, I don't want you to just do something. We don't want to just busy your life up. We try to not busy our own lives up by working at the church. We try to empower people to know God and to be faithful to what he's called you to do. So you, you do the survey, you begin to know some things about yourself, maybe rediscover some things about yourself. Fill out this, this card. Just because you fill it out, that does not mean we're going to hold you for the next 20 years and you got to do that same thing for 20 years. It just means, hey, I'm willing to do what Paul said in verse 1, give my body to the service of God. And I don't know all the answers, and I don't, I don't really know all the things he's going to have me do, but I'm willing to do it. Which leads me to that third point. I don't know where everybody is in here today, because I don't know every single person in here, but I, I know most of you. At least I think I do, just like you think you know me. But I will end with this by telling you this. Whatever you do, may it start by first surrendering your life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Let's bow our heads. Today, if you're, you're real unsure, unclear about your relationship with God, where you might stand, but you would just like me to pray for you. I'm just going to pray for you where I'm at, where you are. But if you'd like me to say a special prayer for you and your relationship with, with God, would you lift your hand just so I can acknowledge that? I see the hand. I see those hands. Thank you for being honest. Praise God. You can put them down. And then the second part is this, with your head bowed. If you know after today that, man, you might not know all the details and know all the answers, and I guarantee you, you don't. I don't. But you know in your heart today, God is really, really speaking to you to trust Him more with your life, which is your purpose. And you know, you're, you know God's saying, I want to do more with you than what I'm doing and what you're allowing me to do. Would you just lift your hand? Praise God. I see those hands. Awesome. Awesome. You can put those hands down. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you. I get to call you that. I mean, get to know you as that. You're, I belong to you. I'm your son. These people belong to you. Regardless of the proximity, the distance between our hearts and heaven, we still belong to you. So today I lift up those, fo those folks who said they're unsure about certain things and they're standing with you in their relationship with you. I pray, God, that you would continue to draw us closer to you. Continue to compel us to take steps forward in your direction. Even on those days when life is muddy and messy, situations just got the best of us, 
and our sight just seems to be fuzzy <clears throat> today Holy Spirit we're doing what you tell us to do to draw near to you you will draw near to us right now I pray as these hands went up that means their hearts are in tune with you right now we're drawing near to you so father I thank you you draw near to them right now may your hand be placed on them may you reassure them that you know them help them to walk in faith and grace and Lord all of us can say forgive us of our sins wash us white as snow creating us a clean heart O oh God renew a right and loyal spirit within us and put us back on the right path that leads to teaching others to know you because then and only then are we really going to be fulfilled and I pray for the rest who raise their hands God they know we know you're calling us you're moving in our heart to say you want to do more with our life than what is currently going on so help us to trust you that God we don't really need all the answers right now if we if we did you'd give them to us but just help us right now today to trust you that you're moving on us to step out and to step in to greater things that you have for us this year I believe this is a divine moment of time that we're in there is a window of opportunity that is open for us to walk through step through that when we do it not knowing all the outcome but trusting the one who calls us that you will be faithful to guard and keep us and you will help us to live the life and to achieve our purpose for while we're here because I know that some wrestle with this thought there's got to be more to life than what I'm currently living and I believe it to be so so Holy Spirit bring forth an amazement of your grace and power and might and the foresight of the plan of God in our life and help us oh God to walk through with courage with boldness with trust that God you have it all under control and you know exactly how you want to shape our life so that we can continue to be in fellowship with you and to be faithful to what you've called us to. Open our eyes to the gifts that you've placed in us and may we be obedient and faithful to take the next few steps and actually evaluate ourselves. And if you can stand 30 more seconds, right now I pray, Father, by the power of your Spirit, that you would so move upon us right now, that you would help us to know and to, to be mindful of, to stir up the gift of God that's in us, to not let the fire of God go out within us. Come on, if you're able to lift your hands, I just want to impart this to you right now. Holy Spirit, move upon us right now. And Lord, we hear your charge, your command to stir up the gift of God, to fan into flame, to cause those embers to burn, to never let the fire go out, 
So wherever we're at, whatever we've been doing, whatever's been going on in our life right now, Holy Spirit, move in our life. We fan into flame the gift of God. We stir ourselves up right now by lifting our hands, acknowledging you've created us for a purpose and with a purpose. And right now, I call everyone to come to their purpose, every person to be in their place, every soul represented here today to be where God wants you to be, doing what God wants you to do, living the life God has for you. That you will live it unapologetically, you will live it unashamedly, you will live it with boldness, you will live it with courage, and you will live it with conviction. Right now, Holy Spirit, move fresh in our life. Begin to excite and entice and inspire our spirit now to grab a hold of what is in front of us, our calling, our purpose, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You received that? Say amen. Say amen. If you received that, that's not just church talk. That means you agree. You want it. You believe it. Amen? Praise God.